Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers drop game two in Denver. Do they have enough left in the tank to climb out of an 0-2 hole? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show and hang out with over 17,000 Lakers and NBA fans, subscribers to the channel who are all uh, nervous and, uh, and, and and upset at the Lakers. 103, 108-103, uh, I should say, the final in game two in Denver. The Lakers lose. They are down zero games to two to the Nuggets in this best of seven Western Conference Finals game three which of course you can uh, queue up on your SXM app from Sirius searching Lakers game three on Saturday 530 tip Pacific time so um, Andy I mean ultimately this game lots to, to unpack it's kind of a fascinating game in a lot of ways um, Ultimately, what it comes down to, Jamal Murray goes absolutely nuclear in the fourth quarter um, after a slow first three. Lakers were doing a great job on him for the first three quarters. Uh, Murray made up for it and more in the fourth. He finishes with 37 points. Um, he stepped up, and no stars for the Lakers were really able to match that. Anthony Davis, in particular, just came up short. On 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 Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, I should say. It's not not for lack of effort. I'm sorry, Thursday. Not for lack of effort, but um, the performance wasn't there. Yeah, and LeBron talked after the game about how you know that surge from Murray in the fourth, with a little bit of Michael Porter Jr. in the mix, was it wasn't even a question really of defensive breakdowns. You know, there was only one that he recalled off the top of his head, and LeBron's. Typically, pretty good at remembering. Top of his head is pretty good at this stuff. Yeah, I mean, he he. Whenever Darvin Ham says he needs to go to the tape, he could just ask LeBron, "What do you think?" (laughs) Like, just just save me a couple hours and just tell me what happened. But I actually think he's correct. I I thought most of Murray's shots during that stretch were actually pretty well contested. He's just somebody that. We've seen this a lot over his career. Once he gets on a roll, he is capable of burying you. He's got great range. He has an, a really good handle and like a really herky-jerky game that, that they, I think can be hard to get a beat on, particularly as he starts feeling momentum. And then in the meantime, the Lakers not only went dry in the fourth quarter in this game, I thought their execution in the process of going yeah. dry – was both bad and did Denver a lot of favors, not just in the sense of missing the shots, which clearly is a favor to Denver. It's nice. It's helpful. Yeah. But also a lot of those misses created running opportunities for Denver to get the Lakers defense scrambled, to put somebody like Michael Porter Jr., who is a walking mismatch as it is, uh, up against he was, Murray Murray just for the for the for the accounting was six of seven from uh the field 
and four or five from three for 23 points in the fourth. But you mentioned uh, Michael Porter Jr., who had two critical threes in the fourth as well. Yeah. Um, I. It was one of those games where you know LeBron talked afterwards about how he thought they were better in game two than they were in game one. And I agree. That if they continue to improve from game two to game three, they can win game three. And I don't think he's wrong about that. But the flip side is the Lakers had potential opportunities to be up 2-0 in this series. And if nothing else, what we've really learned, considering the Nuggets almost had a collapse in game one, managed to avoid it, and then managed to actually cement a comeback in the fourth quarter, unlike the Lakers in game one, Denver just has a larger margin for error than the Lakers. Yeah, like, I think so. They they just well, do. yeah, and and this gets to it. Like you know, I I, I spoke a little to that. I think LeBron is correct. They played better defensively in game two than they did game one. They were more active. They were more attentive. Defensive transition aside, they're just bad at it. Um, but overall, they played a stronger defensive game in game two than they did game one. The offense regressed, and you know I. It's interesting though, like just really quick. Sure. The offense, the offense regressed a lot in results, but I'm not sure the offense necessarily regressed in execution because they got a lot of shots that they wanted. They just didn't make them. I think they got them. I think they ended up with a lot of late clock looks that, that weren't great. Uh, they're, they are not a great half court team. They just, no. it doesn't matter how they do this, uh, especially when teams back off of LeBron. Um, it is. You know, I understand people say put the ball on the floor, go down. You know, just go downhill. It's just that, like, it's not always that easy. Um, Though there were some times in the we'll get to the where, six, frankly, it was we that easy. Get to the six three pointers, please stop taking the three pointers. Um, but not taking the three pointers doesn't mean the alternative in that moment was oh, you could have just had a layup. You just trying to get a three. Let no, somebody no. else try to take a three pointer. Just it's move the ball. Like right. that's what actually I'm just move. look move for a yeah. shot. Move the ball because a lot of these a lot and. Okay, we'll get there eventually, I promise. But a lot of these these threes, particularly later in the game from LeBron, were early clock threes. They weren't even buzzer beating late. You know, it's like they may have, they might have been before the clock started. They were that please early. don't like please don't take those kind of shots. Um, I I look at this and we, we will I think parse the differences in my mind at least between Anthony Davis and LeBron in this game. But Jokic was good in this game. He was not great. Um, you know, it's crazy to say 23, 17, and 12 with three <laughs> steals is like, you know, it's okay. But nine of 21 from the floor from Jokic um, only made it, you know, he made it to the line, I think, three times, three or four times. Um, yeah, three times. Uh, I'm sorry, five, six times. Um, but, you know, the, the Lakers, 23 points on Jokic from 21 shots, that's actually pretty good. It's about as good as you're going to do. Someone needed to elevate down the stretch for the Lakers. And that person just based on, on body language, on available energy, on, you know, context and where they are in the NBA and their careers. The person had to be Anthony Davis and it just wasn't. And I, I, it wasn't an Anthony. I agree with you. I don't think it was an Anthony Davis fading in and out of a game, floating no. through whatever. But Jamal Murray, he had, came he had 14 rebounds and he four blocks. He had, 
he had 15 field goal attempts on top of 11 free throws. Yeah. Like you can't make that happen if you're not looking for your shot. He just wasn't able to get shots dropped. I'm not yeah. saying it should make Laker fans feel any better about it at all. Doesn't make me feel any better about <laughs> no, it. No, but it's not one of those character flaw games. Right, right. It, 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 it was a game it's worth where pointing he, out the difference. That's all. No, I'm you're saying. right. You're right. And it's one of these things. It, the margins, like you say, are so thin. And the Lakers could end up, this could be a seven game series where, you know, the Lakers win it. Like, they're not out of it yet. You know, they got to win game three, they got to win game four. Um, but they could. They haven't lost at home in the playoffs, you know, yet. Um, and uh, yeah, I would be very surprised if they certainly don't come out with better effort, you know, as good of an effort as they can muster uh, on Saturday because their season is quite literally on, on on the line. But you know, it's just it is really hard. Um, and this could also be one of those six. If they're not careful, it's going to be a four or five, six game series where the Lakers lose four games where they had a chance to cut a lead to two or zero or whatever with under a minute left, which is what they had again. It was the LeBron three in game one that, that ill-advised LeBron three. And in on Thursday, LeBron made a spectacular steal with the Lakers down four. And you know, drove the drove to try to get a layup. Aaron Gordon strong contest. LeBron missed the layup. Like that cuts it to two with 28 seconds left. The strong contest, but it's it's a shot. LeBron he's got to make. Need LeBron James to have to make. You have to make that shot. Um. So, I, I, I just, (laughs) I don't have a lot to say about Anthony Davis other than he just wasn't. Good enough. It was a night where the efficiency had to be better than four or fifteen. You know, he had to. It just wasn't good enough. And no. um, it's it's a different one um, than it has been. Uh, but let's talk about LeBron too, because his role in this game I thought was fascinating, and also gets to one of my big concerns with the Lakers going forward for the rest of the series. We we'll get to it next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the makers of shorts and pants that feature the future of comfort, which is built-in underwear. Stitched inside the shorts or the pants, it's almost like a layer of boxer brief that are at one with the clothing. They call it Comfort Kingdom, and you can rule this land in your Bird Dogs. You, you look better, feel great wearing Bird Dogs. The stretchy fabric makes my legs, and frankly, your legs. I've seen them. They need some help. They make them look great, and they are comfier than other pants and shorts. And there's also versatility. You can wear the same pants or shorts on the golf course, work meeting, on a date. It's great attire for, you know, doing a little grilling, then sitting down watching some sports. And they are forgiving too. Like for those who need a little extra stretch in the midsection, a little more room, nothing to be ashamed of, especially when you can look good in those bird dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. And when you enter the promo code locked on NBA, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order i have one i forgot to bring it but take my word for it it's really nice if you go to the website i'm sure it's there it ought to be um but it is it's i've been drinking cool beverages out of it as well it is delightful yeah go get your bird dogs Quick reminder, 5.30 tip-off on Saturday. Go to the SXM app. That's Sirius XM Radio. Search Lakers. You can uh, catch the Lakers there on the big satellite radio. Game three. Got to win it. Um, 
LeBron, like this is one of those games. I'm not comparing it to the Kobe game seven against, um, uh, you know, against Boston in 2010, different contextually different, a lot of things, age different, a lot of things, very different, but it was a game where certain, th- you know, where, where you could see struggle on Kobe's face throughout this game and struggle on LeBron's face throughout this game. LeBron's struggle, I think was, you know, Anthony Davis tried to play it off after the game, you know, fatigue, this, that, and he's like, Nope, not an issue. Like LeBron is like, if you're not tired of the playoffs at this point, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I, um, th- that was an interesting point. And I, I know it's something we're going to talk about. I also want to make sure that we end up getting into the games by Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, who were both fantastic. Yeah, they really were. Quite, quite frankly, the stars let those two down, you know, Rob Palenka, <laughs> May have some interesting decisions this offseason. Yeah, look, to- clear some cap space, build, rebuild around those guys. Exactly. And you're cooking. Now you're cooking uh, with gas. But yeah, um, th- those two definitely merit some conversation that we you know, were in the were. first, yeah. Hachimura in the first half, particularly, was just otherworldly. Seven of seven in the first half. But yeah, um, I mean, at this point, the fatigue thing, to whatever degree. It's a thing. It is what it is. Well, it is what it is, but it's different, I think, with LeBron. This is why I think it was incumbent on AD to have to be the one to to elevate because LeBron, you know, I've seen, I saw a lot, you know, Lakers fans are, they're down, Lakers down 0 2. People are upset. They're angry. They see this sort of series potentially slipping away. And, you know, while big picture, Run to the Western Conference Finals. What a great result of this season, even if it that once you're here, it's like, no, we're greedy and they're fully capable of winning. So it's not like it's not this is not house money that the Lakers are playing with because they are good enough to get to the finals. That, 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 that's not what this is. LeBron's is is out of energy. <laughs> and you know, I feel like in this game, um, he played. I saw people saying that, you know, LeBron and AD were trash in this game. LeBron was worse than AD. LeBron, I actually thought, did a lot of really good things. And defensively, it was one of the best games he's played as a Laker. LeBron um, was fantastic he defensively was in this game, phenomenal defensively. And I think was doing sort of recognizing, got to steal a game here and got to try. We need to go back to LA. 1-1. Like it is really important to steal a game here in Denver. And there were moments offensively where he was able to put the ball on the floor and get downhill and finish at the basket. And he was very effective. But 0 for 6 from 3 <coughs> were just killers. And the missed dunk was a killer. And this layup was a killer. I'm talking about the earlier one, not the one at the end of the game. When he just smoked right before the uh, the dunk, actually, like though when you talk about margin for error, Andy, those have to go in. LeBron said as much after the game. Like those have to go in, and they didn't. And it was just this study in contrast. I'm wondering from you how much you think the zero for six from three. <coughs> excuse me, the decision making to take some of those threes, early clock threes in in in, in the fourth is fatigue and how much of it was just him trying to shoot them back into the game. I mean, I don't look, it's hard to say because this is a habit of LeBron's period, whether you're talking about in the fourth quarter or sometimes when it seems like he wants to go for 
that knockout punch. You know, it's not even heat checks. He will often do this in games where he's missing threes because LeBron has struggled from three this entire season and, and certainly during the playoffs. It may be affected to some degree by fatigue. I mean, you know, I ask fatigue, you just because, you know, we've talked about like the first thing to go is the decision making. Look, it, the fatigue can't help. It probably doesn't elevate his decision making because it doesn't elevate anybody's decision making. But I got to be honest, there's a part of me that doesn't care. Like, I, I honestly just That's don't fair. care. Like, if, because if LeBron is, is so tired at this point that he can't recognize there's 20 seconds left on the clock, you haven't moved the ball and you're just self creating a three in a postseason where you're shooting like 25%. Then, like, I guess you have to take LeBron out of the game. You know what I? You know what I mean? Like, at some points, like, you're one of the smartest basketball players to ever live. You are smart enough to recognize this isn't smart, and it would be one. Yeah, or that he's just, or that he's, you know, bad, bad or good decision making aside, like that he's missing the shots. You know, the, are, the, the shots just are, won't fall. I mean, there may be, there may be nobody in the last like. Certainly, twenty years. Let's just say since LeBron's been in the league, that is more capable of recognizing a good shot, a good set, good possession, whatever than LeBron. Yep. Like, you know, fatigue. I guess could be a factor, but again, I, I don't care. Like, especially when it happens multiple times in a row. <laughs> like at some, it was point, like some. It was a, it was like the reverse heat check. He was like trying but, to shoot himself out of a slump at the strangest time of a game. It's like I mean, like it's you just gotta some, wait till game three, man. Like it's not happening tonight. No, I mean, like at that point, Darvin Ham needs to either say something on the sidelines or like stage an intervention or something like that. It's you. I don't think you can chalk it up to that. Is what I think though was interesting about fatigue, just because you had mentioned LeBron being out of energy. I don't agree that he's out of energy. What I do think, though, is he is out of a lot of two-way energy. I think he can crank it up on one side of the ball right now. Right, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's not that he can't do anything. It's that he doesn't. That he is. He has reached sort of maximum capacity in terms of whether it's you know two-way play for seven games, like. We talked about it earlier, you know, in in the in the Golden State series. Like, there's some spot picking going on where, like, he's yeah. looking for his time to where he can. I, and I, I I think we have reached a point where LeBron kind of can't crank it up any higher, absolutely, than he's going right now. But I mean, like, um, it's it is worth pointing out again, like his defense in this game, particularly in transition, where you know the team has been guilty of a lot of awful possessions. I think LeBron over the course of these two games, has probably been the best Laker in, in transition, which really says something, again, when you take into account the age and the mileage and the whatever. Um, I think in the end, his his offensive line is a little bit deceptive. Like, I don't think it is as good as it would look if you... I think it looks better than if you watched the actual game in terms of its overall impact. But I also agree with you that in the end, this was also a time, you know, not even just this game, just these playoffs, period. And you can say this about every game. This is really when you need Anthony Davis to be great 
pretty much damn near all times he's on the court. Like, and it's a big, it is a big, big burden. Ass, but, it's, but this is also what comes with being the superstar. And yeah. look, def- defensively, AD's been a monster in these playoffs, and that and that takes effort, and it's been a difference making effect. And like we both have said, this game was not about AD being unaggressive. It was about him being ineffective. You make up your mind for yourself, which is worse. Yeah. Um, that you mentioned LeBron's line. Uh, he finished with 22, uh, nine rebounds, 10 assists, four steals, two blocks. I mean, he was the only. His offensive line, I should say, like strictly yeah, no, I understand from the field. He, was, he and Dennis Schroeder were the only two Lakers <laughs> in positive for plus minus, you know, whatever that's worth. I'm sorry, Austin Reeves was a plus 13. Uh, misread that. So, um, you know, for whatever you think that's worth for a, a game. But like when you break it down, nine of 19, not hyper efficient. That drops to nine of 13 when you, um, when you take away the threes and that drops to nine of 12, when you get rid of that dunk nine of 11, when you uh, get rid of the, the layup that he missed and then nine of 10, when uh if you know after the 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 smoke light, not i i shouldn't call that that was not a smoke light the missed layup at the end so it's like these moments of it was either like a couple it a was couple all of the shots down the stretch that were also it was all un, or nothing it was uncontested and, and the, his misses really mattered in his, this game. right that's like, what i'm saying the misses were it, like the misses were un, like unusually consequential Yes, for for misses. Yeah. Uh, like you know what it, they were? They were they were Russell Westbrook misses. When we talk about loud misses, yeah, they they were Russell Westbrook esque. Eighty. The Lakers took eighty two shots. Um, LeBron wasn't the only person who missed them, but the man, the th- three of them, uh, two of which were inex- you know just inexplicable, and one of which was explicable. Um, man, those 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 three loom large. Um, but I have I have a larger question about this that is related to the team as a whole. And like you mentioned, we should note the fine work of Rui Hachimura and especially, I think, Austin Reeves. We'll do all that when we come back. Do you want to remind people today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs? Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. And when you enter the promo code LockedOnNBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Get your Yeti-style tumbler. Um, it's good So. Stuff. My my biggest concern with the Lakers, you know, when, when before the playoffs began, was they spent so much time and energy just trying to get in, playing playoff intensity basketball um, for the last you know eight weeks or so of the season, and then going into the playoffs and then having to deal with an NBA schedule where apparently they just want to brutalize these players. I mean, every other day where are we in a hurry? Does like Adam Silver's got somewhere to be between like now and the end of the season? Like this is a quick conference final schedule that they have put together. that doesn't do the Lakers any favor. I, I am concerned that they may, if they haven't already, have just kind of hit a wall. And maybe it's not one where they completely disintegrate, but one where that last 5%, that last 3%, that last little something that helps make up for the margin that Denver probably has over them, uh, whether it's from home court or more rest over the course of the season, whatever it might be. I am a little concerned that they might hit that wall. Um, 
just because I've I've been looking for it. So there's could be some confirmation bias here, but it's a concern. Here's where I would really judge it. Game three, because they're at home, but also you get out of Denver in that altitude. Like it's it's not just a matter of playing on the road where it's always more difficult. Denver is a hard place to play. Like that talk of the altitude, that's real. You will I've never heard well, that's an NBA your lungs, man. Yeah, I've never heard an NBA player say, eh, you know what, that, that's that's a lot more hype than reality. They all say it's hard to play there. So and and their defense in this game was for the most part quite good. Yeah. Um, so I will have a I think I think I'll be more in alignment with what you're saying, depending on how they look in game three. But I do think though that margin for error is starting to show itself more just because again, Denver has managed to stave off what could have been just an epic collapse. You know, even acknowledging the Lakers made a couple mistakes down the stretch, Denver still managed to stave it off. And then they managed to pull off a huge comeback in the fourth quarter, despite it the, those odds looking pretty big. So we may just, you know, you and I both talked about before this series began, we went back and forth. We couldn't really decide who we thought was going to win because you and I have both been sold on Denver this whole season of being a really good team. They may be better, not necessarily decisively better, but that degree of better may be starting to show themselves, not in a way that that demonstrates the Lakers can't beat them in a game, maybe even come back and beat them in a series, but just it will be percentage points harder yeah. for them to do they, it. They need, really, really needed to win one of these, and it's yes, they did. it's it really and I don't. I've seen they've blown in the opera. It's like <sighs> Denver's really good. And like I I don't think this is not you blow opportunities. And I maybe that's people are gonna say that you're you're being a homer, you're being whatever. Like I just feel I feel like words matter sometimes. Like you blow opportunities when you play with your food, when you get lazy about stuff, when you don't because like you know, I to me. And I feel like the Lakers. No, I think they blew this game. <laughs> I think they blew this game. I got to be honest. I mean, they blew this game because it wasn't just Denver getting hot. It was their own mistakes. It was their own mistakes, but Denver was forcing them into some of those things. And I think some of, and I feel like the Lakers were, you know, some of these things are a result of what, you know, of the cumulative, of the cumulative things going forward. Like, but the other thing is too, it's like the Lakers need if if the, the one or the other of Dennis Schroeder or D'Angelo Russell has to provide them with something. Yes. Um, you know, it, it, it's Anthony Davis. We didn't even get into the new starting lineup, by the way. <laughs> we, we didn't no, even and, and, and by the time we, we you know the, the next time we record it's gonna be you know the, if people missed it, they swapped out Vanderbilt. Um got off to a good start. So I mean it was you know they went Big, but in a slightly different way. Hachimura still played, I think, 30 in this one. Pull up he played 30 score. minutes, played yeah. extremely well. 21 uh, points off the bench, 8 of 10 from the field. Um, he kept the Lakers in it the first half. It was a quieter second half than the, than the first. Um, but it just, 
he and Reeves were the only guys really producing at their station. Like, you know, yeah. that went out and gave what was expected, or I would argue more. Right. Like, and I, certainly Rui's first half was that. I thought Reeves was probably their most consistent player, you know, through both halves. But, you know, it's funny, like the D'Angelo question for next year is one that we're going to spend a when when this season is over at whatever point that is we're going to spend a lot of time on D'Angelo Russell and whatever he was not um great in this game the biggest problem is just defensively he missed too many shots if he can be playing he's got to do better than one of five from three but you know he had some really good plays and he had some really bad ones but mostly defensively they just played him off the floor yeah, um, this is this is a very difficult series for him. Mm-hmm. He is constantly being faced with players that you simply have to guard, and that you also just Denver Denver isn't quite Golden State as a like a motion type offense, but they move a lot. There is a lot to keep track of, and it doesn't play to D'Angelo's strengths. I actually, no, I mean, he played. Really I mean, look, he played thirty three minutes. It's not like he wasn't part of this game. No, no, and but I'm just there saying, were sections where he was pretty good, but. I would just to say, like, while we watch this conversation, meanwhile, Hachimura's price is going up and up and up and up and up. And Reeves's price is going up and up and up and up and up and up. And how all of these things play together when this season eventually ends, we don't need to get into it now, is going to be a, a really fascinating, you know, combined with how much money do the Lakers really are? Are they willing to spend on a roster? Um, because... How much does the new CBA prevent certain things? And you know what? If they what can they? Where could they go to replace some players if they don't want to spend money? (laughs) These playoffs have been, you know, uh, generally I think expensive for the Lakers just because the Hachimura's price and Reeves's price have have increased. Um, but those guys were were really good, and the keys to game. The key to game three is to me is just Anthony Davis got you know, they need a monster game from Anthony Davis. They need LeBron to cut down on threes and then do the rest of what he was doing in game two. And then, you know, is it gonna be a rebound game for D Is it gonna be a rebound game for uh Schroeder? Is like Lonnie, is Lonnie Walker gonna sneak in there with 14 points or 15 points? Like the the unexpected production, they got the unexpected production from Hachimura in game two. 22 points, 7-7 seven seven in the first half. But it just, you know, they, they, they need something uh, because the offense is really struggling. Yeah, I mean, Schroeder is giving them, though, something at least defensively. Like he, no, he is. He's been well, – I'm just saying it's worth pointing out. Like defensively, Schroeder is holding up his end of the bargain. He is often making Jamal Murray work. Like we talked about that fourth quarter surge that, you know, Schroeder was in for some of it. Murray was making difficult shots, and sometimes that just happens. To your point earlier, it's not necessarily about people being bad. It's just not being good enough. Like the Lakers' margin needs someone to elevate them a little higher. I agree with you. Schroeder wasn't garbage in this game. I didn't think he was garbage in this game. You just need to elevate. Well, the, the reason I'm bringing it up, though, is it's the difference between him and D'Angelo. D'Angelo's not doing enough on either side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Schroeder is holding up his end, at least defensively. <laughs> that becomes that becomes more or less of a problem, depending on how much the other guys are producing. But 
yeah, D'Lo needs a bounce back game. Like, I don't think it's a question of playing him off the bench or stuff. I don't think it matters. I think, I think they need him just to play better. They're, they're going to play Vanderbilt and Hachimura in that sort of power forward center hybrid role. And that's where those minutes are going to go. And after that, you know, you get a little bit of minutes from Lonnie. And those are the only players who are going to play. So whether you start him or you bring him off the right. bench, Russell's going to play a half hour. He just you needs know? to play better. He's got to play better. You're right. <laughs> so, I mean, this is what they have. There's no like right. magical secret formula of bring this guy in all no, of a sudden. The, the move this of starting, yeah, the move of starting either Vanderbilt or Rui was necessary. That switch had to happen, period. Mm-hmm. I think from this point, the the starters are fine. The bench rotation's fine. Guys just need to play better. Mm-hmm. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show. Uh, we, of course, will be back on Saturday into Sunday uh, following game three. Uh, Lakers got to win that one. If they don't win that one, um, uh, uh, let's just not talk about it. They got to win that one. So um, they have not been bad in these two games. They have every ability to, all the ability to go out and win two games in a row, send this thing back to Denver, tied at two for game five, which I believe would be on Wednesday next week. Yes. So uh, this series is far from over. Uh, Lakers are down 0-2, but have not been uh, out, you know, drastically outplayed even a tiny bit in this in in this playoff. So plenty of reason for Lakers fans to hang in there. Um, we certainly are. And we'll see everybody uh, after the game on Saturday.